1: Welcome back to America's Heroes Group. And of course, we have our partner with us today again, the veteran of the partner with the Veterans Legislative Voice and our ASG correspondent. Today is Saturday, June 17, 2023, June 18. Tomorrow, Sunday is Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all those fathers out there, particularly those who served overseas and been away from your families. June is LGBTQ Pride Month and PTSD Awareness Month. Our host is Cliff Kelly. I'm Sean Cleberman, the co-host. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith, and our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega. I'm Shakaia as our studio engineer today. Stephanie Collada is with us. She is the Army Sergeant First Class, veteran, founder, and creator of The Veterans Legislative Voice. And she is our ASG Correspondent. And we have a video and also an audio. So those of us on the radio, listen to us on uh, on, uh, on uh, AM sixteen ninety and WVON. And those list, uh, seeing us on YouTube, we have a video and audio clip. We're going to play a few from News Nation. Elizabeth Vargas, uh, no continuity in mental health care from the VA.
2: Many veterans who served their country, especially those in combat, the return to civilian life
1: can be difficult.
2: The number of vets struggling with depression, anxiety and PTSD has risen dramatically in the last few decades and getting help is often a struggle of its own. One veteran took his frustrations with the mental health care he was getting from the VA to social media. In a TikTok post raw with emotion, his message clearly struck a chord and has since gone viral. Joining us now live with more is News Nation correspondent Brooke Schaefer-Haybrook.
0: Hey Elizabeth, Joseph Contesano is an Army veteran. He served in Afghanistan, and since being home, he sought treatment for his mental health, a process he described as a maze filled with red tape. (laughs) In a video now seen by hundreds of thousands, we see retired Army Sergeant Joseph Contesano break down. The VA has continued to let me down frustrated over the mental health care he says he's received from the VA I just want, I just want some continuity of care dude I'm so tired of it I've been off my off all my medications two years I've been doing it on my own man I'm just fucking white knuckling I'm gripping Jesus (laughs) <laughs> so tired of the Army vet, who lives in Florida, <laughs> no, didn't want to share his diagnosis, but said the VA let him down, constantly switching his doctors, a process he says can take weeks or months. Years ago, maybe when I didn't have the support system I do, or if the situation had been changed, or my internal strength or the internal strength of another individual sitting in that seat... That might have been the last video they ever recorded a recent study found 24 u.s veterans die by suicide every day most diagnosed with depression anxiety or post-traumatic stress disorder jason kander with the veterans community project wrote the invisible storm a book about his painful moments with ptsd
1: i like a lot of veterans waited way too long uh, to get to get care um, and to reach out i spent about 10 years A little over 10 years um, kind of telling myself that what I what I was dealing with couldn't be PTSD because I didn't feel like I had earned it that's what most veterans think because when you're in the military one of the things that you're taught is you know somebody has it worse
0: from 2001 to 2015 as many as 500,000 troops have been diagnosed with PTSD these doctors keep glitting, they keep switching when we asked about the claims in this video the VA said they couldn't discuss it due to patient privacy we memorialize all of those who have fallen um, in service to our country in combat Um, but imagine if we built a wall for all of the all the individuals who um, committed suicide as a direct result of the shortcomings of the mental health care uh, in this country who served their country honorably imagine how big that wall would be it'd be gigantic and to think that it's preventable is is a is a complete un, you know it's an understatement it's absolutely preventable and that army vet told us he has since heard from the VA after posting that video they apparently called him offered to help him with his case and of course look into why this happened in the first place Elizabeth I oh.
2: That video, Brooke, is really difficult to watch, and yet I'm so glad people are and know more about what these men and women who served our country so bravely are going through. Brooke Schaefer, thanks. That was a powerful report. Really appreciate
1: it. So, how, so, Stephanie, how you doing today?
3: that video is really. I'm doing all right. That video is really hard to uh, to watch for a lot of people. I know.
1: So there are some legislative bills and policies addressing the VA mental health care system. Um, we had some people on our show before, people from National Nurses United, for example, they have talked about shortage of medical staff. And then also the turnover that's common because, a, a lot of the people that work in the VA medical health system don't get paid or compensated as much as people in the civilian world. And then also, yep. sometimes it's a training ground for a lot of uh, people in the medical profession. They're looking to get trained or get training in the uh, through the VA, and then they move on to you know the civilian jobs with bigger pay and better benefits and things like that. So, tell us what do you know about these bills, and what is what is going to be done about this problem?
3: Well, um, first, I do I do want to point out there's there's a few legislations that's been put out there that's actually helping or should be helping soon. And uh, because, you know, it takes a couple of months uh, to get them going after they've been approved. One bill I do want to point out is the Patient Advocate Tracker Act, and that was passed in the last congressional session um, almost two years ago, a little under two years ago. And the great thing about this act was that it directed the VA to digitize the complaint system for um, patient advocacy issues. So if like this veteran, he's going through a lot of issues with the lack of continuity and everything like that. Anyone in his position or even just anywhere close to his position, not even that extreme, can contact a patient advocate. And that's they have. Well, they have a lot of them at every VA hospital. So I really encourage people to go. Um, the digitized portion is not fully up yet. I can tell you that um, there has been an initiation of a lot of digitized things uh, that has to do with the patient advocacy. Um, pretty much if a veteran goes to get a radiology appointment or they go to a ph- the pharmacy to get some help, more often than not, they're going to get an email prompting them, hey, you, guys, you did this, let's fill out a survey. We'd like to see how your experience was. And... You can actually make a little bit of a difference on this. Uh, personally, myself, uh, I went through an interesting road on radiology and with breast cancer. I've ca- talked about it here before of how women veterans with uh, certain eligibilities can now get breast cancer exams, and I had a lot of difficulty just trying to get through that process. So by the time that I finished with the radiology exam, I wrote all that down in the survey, which is really difficult because they limit you, I think, at like 200 words, but um, you go, you, I wrote it all out, sent it. Not two days later, the chief of radiology gives me a call to ask about my experiences, to find out, you know, how can we make this better? explains to me why things are happening and when things are going to be improving. So I really want to encourage people to use that source of the Patient ad- Advocacy um, Office. And you can actually look them up online, Google your VA hospital patient advocacy. And like I, go, I looked it up for my own VA and you can see pictures, names, phone numbers, and you can even log into my healthy Vet and send them a secure message. The secure message is really cool, by the way, for anyone that doesn't know Secure messages actually show up in your C file whenever you do claims and compensation and things. It actually shows up there, so if you're having any issues of, with your appointments, with your doctors, those security messages, secure messages are saved to a record, so that can actually be brought back later if you have even further issues. So FYI, you got documentation there when you send those messages.
1: So what's what's being done about the turnover? Because uh, what the uh, the veteran in the in the, yeah. in the video talked about was the fact that he was constantly seeing different um, physicians or different um, social workers or psychologists or whoever he was seeing, and there was no continuity yeah. in the in, in the in his in his treatment. And then reading about this, t- people complain oftentimes. Even in blogs, people talk about how they have to tell their story all over again. They start out telling a story to one person. And then have to go through with the process again when that person changes, and it's a constant revolving door. Is, that, is, is the VA health system effective at um, when we have this type of um, this type of in, uh, inconsistency in the treatment and the physicians and
3: so on? There, there is a there is a huge amount of attrition rollover, and that's mostly because there was such a issue of the hiring. There's been a ton of hiring shortages. So what happens in any? agency, government, or company, when you have the hiring um, shortages, you often hire from within and then you go through the process to then hire more from the outside, especially for the lower positions. And That can actually cause a lot of issues for veterans because they're seeing the high rollover of the doctors. Um, It is really difficult. I've actually gone through four primary care doctors in two years. Um, in 18 months i am about to go through uh to my third psychologist (laughs) and so i completely understand and sympathize and you guys are not alone and so there's a few options out there that uh, the few bills and um, acts that's out there that still need to be passed that i'll point out so if you guys want to contact your congressional, congressional congressional elected officials There is the PSC Joseph Dewar Peer Support Program Act. Now, this act doesn't specifically go into trying to keep uh, and try to slow down or stop the rollover, but what what it does do is that it has the peer support, uh, peer to peer mental health programs. Those can be the continuity for the veterans as they go through. A lot of the rollover that's going to be happening here and it's a necessary evil because of the hiring shortages and all the things Um, the VA has also been um, they have also released that they have streamlined their hiring and they're actually um, hiring them much quicker than they have in the past it's actually supposed to be one of the fastest in the past decade so just FYI out there there is some help coming. There is uh, a light at the end of the tunnel for a lot of these issues. Um, so keep on working on it and also contact your pe- um, patient advocacy if you can have if you have an issue.
1: So do you know if there's any bills? I know there's been talk on uh, uh, Capitol Hill about, um, and people actually within you, even uh, different groups and um, they're trying to help people that work in the VA system and the healthcare system Be able to collect a bargain for better wages and things like that better compensation is there any movement on that do you know of
3: not that i know of right now um the closest we got was last congressional session and that was for pediatric care and it was mostly of the relabeling and all of the mess because there's a lot of red tape and issues happening behind the scenes when it comes to hiring and the slots and the positions and so there was a bill that came out, um, that was passed last year for that. But we're hoping that a few things will be passed. The mm-hmm. next bill I can suggest is a little bit of a touchy subject because it's it has a, it comes with a complicated issue. Um, everybody is, understands community care right now. Um, for those that don't know, you, there is an uh, there's a, a you're able to go see people outside of the VA if you meet certain criteria. Which is often, if the VA doesn't currently have um, a doctor or a specialist for the type of service uh, that you're looking for, or they can't schedule you within a certain time frame for that. Um, my own psychologist has suggested that I go to community care because of the rollover that's happening. If I find a small clinic with you know one or two doctors, you know that the ones that own their own clinics, I'll likely be able to have that continuity of care for a good amount of time um, mostly until they retire. Mm-hmm. So those type of things is often suggested. Um, the bill I'm going to su- uh, that I'm going to suggest it's called the Veterans Health Empowerment, Access Leadership and Transparency for our Heroes Act. The short Health Act of 2023. Um, it's, it was introduced by, represent, by Senator Moran from Kansas, a Republican, I'm happy that, I mean, I'm promoting the Republicans that, are, uh, that submitted this. And this act would actually help streamline some other issues that's been happening within the community care program. So it's mostly to help with the red tape that's going on there.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's what was, was going to be my next question, which is how yeah. hard is it for someone to get referral to a civilian doctor or outside the system? I know there's there's different processes for people if they can't get yeah. the care in their VA, or even if they just want to go to another um, to an outside uh, civilian source. Going to, like someone that has their own practice. Might be the way to go, particularly if you want that continuity. Because if they have their own practice, they're in it for you're going to see that person for their career. So that person is, not going, to, is going to be there until they retire or they go out of business, one or the other. So, yeah. how easy is it for someone to get that referral to go to see or be able to go outside of the VA walls and go see a civilian doctor?
3: It depends on where you live, honestly, because since they're going to be going out to community care, it depends on who's eligible for the program. Um, client, all clinics and all doctors are not automatically um, eligible. They actually have to enroll. They do um, their own process to try to get uh, get put on the list, on the preferred list, so then we can uh, they can set up those things, and it can also take a little bit of time. Um, I was able to get uh, sent out in community care for massage therapy, believe it or not, and that took about seven weeks. For me to get the call to get the process started, and frustratingly, wow. they yeah they regulate uh, how many appointments you're supposed to get within a time frame. And of course, since I wait and since I had to wait for that long, and I had to wait, I guess nine weeks total for to get my first appointment. Um, I was already halfway through the time frame, but the good um, clinics that know how to work the system, basically what, they're, what they can do is actually request the extension because of the time frame, because of the delay and that can get approved and it's, improved, it's approved pretty easily. The, the clinic I go to for that is phenomenal and they know how to uh, get things started and take care of you basically. So yeah, there's still red tape and a lot of bureaucracy that goes into it.
1: So now can I ask you a personal question and kind of get more color on this, this topic?
3: Go ahead.
1: So when you were going through your experience and you were looking for a psychologist and you were in the VA system and the turnover was constant, you didn't have the continuity you were looking for, how did that affect you personally? How do, what was your experience? And can you explain to someone who is not familiar with that that type of problem like how you felt and what kind of complications it, it, it posed to you?
3: Um, It's complicated. Uh, the first doctor I had we were okay. I mean, it wasn't, he wasn't that great, but you know what I, we got, I got done what I needed done. Um, so when he left to go to another department within there, because they stood up a whole like PTSD clinic, um, which is where a, a lot of psychologists, at least in my area in that de- in that uh, VA hospital is going, um, I was okay with it. I actually got a new doctor that had just started got the appointment and it was really quick um this new one the second one is phenomenal we did a i've had a lot of pop progress and as soon as he told me i started crying Hmm. because uh i didn't want to lose or go back um in everything that i've already progressed i was worried that i was going to regress and and go back and actually uh lose all the ground that i've already taken so it was really hard um and it can be really scary uh, and lonely. So uh, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty difficult. Um, the other part of it was that he was also on paternity leave, uh, not knocking him, everybody should get paternity leave. He got it for four months. The VA hospital couldn't even give me a temporary doctor for the uh, time frame.
1: And he couldn't, and it, I takes, had, and it takes forever for you to find somebody in the civilian world. You can't even say, okay, well, I can't do go here. I can go to a private clinic like community care. That wasn't even right. really an option because it takes so long to even get that type of referral.
3: Yeah. Like they might see me twice <laughs> before I finally get my doctor. Wow. Uh, go back to my doctor. So I actually had, thank God my psychiatrist had extra time and he could take me on. We did a little, we did basically, we did a little bit sooner because usually I see him every uh, six months um because the medication that i'm on is pretty good and we're in a good we're in a good groove right there but i just needed somebody to talk to and go through it so i saw him at least um every three to four months three to four weeks excuse me um during that time frame which helped but not everybody has that and uh so not everybody's going to go through the same experience that i do
1: They say there's about 500,000 veterans today that have PTSD, at least that they acknowledge that they have 500,000. I know that a lot of people yeah. debate about that, and something, a lot of veterans don't believe that. They believe that you know the, that it's rare and not too many people have PTSD. And then some people kind of water it down into an extent because we've got to talk about we have 18-plus million veterans across the country. So 500,000 mm-hmm. really is a drop in a bucket. My personal opinion on this is from this experience being a, being a veteran myself, never been deployed, never been overseas. I think all of us have some kind of degree of PTSD at some level. This going through the military training, going through the military cycles, and particularly if you've been deployed or have combat experience, I think we all have it. It just manifests in different ways. We just don't have it to the to the, to the grave extent of maybe the person we saw in the video, who so who has yeah. who's had you know a, a, who's going through severe trauma currently still, but we've all been affected by it at some level, whether it be minute or or grand or anywhere in between. Um, even people yeah, outside of the military experience, people growing up in violent neighborhoods. You know, there's a yeah. lot of research and studies on that to talk about that. So are we doing I'll a better be job of acknowledging, well, as the VA taking, I mean, we, we believe, that we because we have these shows all the time talking about PTSD. Is the VA really taking this serious enough to really address the issue? And are they making the, using the best efforts to utilize all of the resources around them? Because like we talked about, it would have been nice, for example, if you were going through your treatment and you were able to get the doctor's information so whatever i'm I'm sure he's practicing today the one that you really really appreciated why couldn't Mm -hmm. you go see him in his his private practice or wherever he went to after that and get a referral to go see that guy and why would it take seven or eight uh, weeks or months to go get a referral uh
3: well actually i'm not i wasn't part i'm not eligible for the ptsd program (laughs) i can't remember what made me ineligible So I couldn't follow them over to that. Mm. There's also another thing um, that a lot of people don't think of, um, at least for my VA and some of the other, I guess, regional ones. They have this new thing of they want to plan out, like, short-term goals to work on. And they have this very strict curriculum and a set of things to do that they're trying to enforce on their psychologists to try to do on all of their patients. The problem is that doesn't fit everybody's needs. That definitely doesn't fit my needs um, because my, I have a lot of complicated things going on. So um, it I don't work really well in that type of forum. So uh that's the other thing that my t- that my psychologist basically encourages. that If I go to community care, I can go and get um, help without having to stick to the VA's curriculum. Hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. There's another. There's another crazy, frustrating thing that's going on here, especially with this bill that I mentioned, the the Health Act, is that. Oh, uh, there is a argument that's made by veterans advocates that community care and the Mission Act was the start of the privacy privacitation Cannot say it right the um, of the VA mm-hmm. and so the community care is basically the start of that to basically try to dismantle the VA and in some respects it does it does ring true in some arguments the other frustrating thing about community care and everything that came out in the Mission Act is that since the the VA is paying for the community care stuff, they might have less funding and less time to work on their own issues to hire the people they need to fill the gaps that they have. And so then they're kind of in this weird, vicious cycle of having to take care of the veterans that they don't actually have services for and they spend time on that, but then they don't have time and funds to spend time on filling the gaps that they have.
1: But to me, like that argument, we've had people on, we've had experts on our show, particularly in the early years. We've had, uh, there was a, um, I, can't, I forget this lady's name, uh, God forbid, forgive me, but there was a, a researcher who's wrote, written books, many books about this and really touts the VA system as being um, ahead of its time and also extremely um, um, comprehensive and powerful as a tool to treat veterans and, and even hails it, at, if, not, if not on par, in some cases uh, ahead of the civilian healthcare system and we, she was on our show years ago, and I remember we, having a, we had a conversation with her, and she was very much against um, privatization. However, I do yeah. see that there is a place for having um, the ability, particularly in rural areas, to be able to go to a clinic that doesn't have the service, the, the services for that clinic are not available in your local VA or your VA is too far away. And then on top of that, I mean, like in your case, you I mean, unless the VA is gonna pay more money which National Nurses United has been on our show and talked about this over and over and over again. They cannot, they don't even have mm-hmm. the power to collect a bargain for better wages. And they're overworked, yeah. understaffed, and they're underpaid. So how do you get from point A to point B? There's a lot of things we got to do. First of all, we got to look at the defense budget. We have a $800 billion defense budget, a $200 billion <laughs> budget. We're actually trying to push for $300 billion this year for health care. And for not just mm-hmm. healthcare, but for everything related to benefits, including healthcare. So that includes home loans. That includes education, that includes everything. All the stuff that treats the actual individual, we put a drop in a bucket compared to what we actually spend on blowing things up.
3: Yep. Yep.
1: So. So we're running out of time. Any final words on this or anything we could recommend for us to do as veterans and as civilians and listening to this uh, to the show today?
3: Cong- contact your Congresspeople. Let them know what you're concerned about. Have them uh, figure out, and so they can actually become a co-sponsor. They can make arguments, make amendments, call them, and make suggestions. They'll take suggestions. They love to hear from constituents.
1: This is America's Heroes Group. You heard Stephanie Collada again. Great correspondent. Great person, and also the co-founder and creator of the Veterans Legislative Voice. This is America's Heroes Group. We'll be right back.